Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. How are you guys? This is our first show of the new year, and what a show we have for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is TV host, car builder, designer, artist. You know him from the car show, Wheeler Dealers. He's my pal, Ant Anstead. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. Our superfan shout-out this week is for Chip Chandler. Say hi to Chip, everybody. Hey, Chip. Hey, Chip. How you doing? And Chip, Phil should have called in to say hello, but he didn't. Why did I think of that? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> and he didn't think of that. No. <laughs> no, Phil is still adrift at sea. Uh, I got a lot of nice, uh, it was funny, I got a lot of nice emails about the Christmas episode and his terrible haircut. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. And I would like to begin today's proceedings by letting you guys know that my New Year's resolution is to enjoy what I'm doing. How's that? I like that. Here's my pattern. I'll enjoy what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden, I will start flashing onto the future like, I really like what I'm doing. God, I got to sell the script. I got to get this done. I got to finish this. I got to do it. You know, I, I, that track, the beam of despair pulls me into the future, and I start right. flipping out. Does that make sense? You mean, so what you're saying is staying in the moment. Yes. And enjoying whatever you're doing. Yes. Okay. Yes. I That's do. It's kind of hard. You, you have two, two uh, New Year's resolutions wrapped in one. What's that? Staying in the moment. Yes. 
and enjoying it. But I think if you're enjoying what you're doing, you stay in the moment. So I think it's a two for one kind of deal. It doesn't matter. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. It, <laughs> he can't do either. I can't do it. It's just my here's my life. How long before I snap? That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. How long before I before I either yell, I'm aggravated or I'm terrified? How long can I stay happy before I screw it up? We yes, have. Honey. We have a great friend, Lamore Garfinkel. She's a great photographer. She took a picture of Adam mm -hmm. that we haven't framed yet. And there's a reason why. <laughs> she took a picture. What's the reason why? <laughs> I have a problem looking at it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, Love you, Lamore. It's a Hallmark moment. It's a, okay. it's a great, and I wish I didn't because it's a great pho photograph. Is It's a picture of Adam playing pool against himself, his alter egos. <laughs> Literally one... <laughs> playing pool. It's not a euphemism. I mean, it's, it was... <laughs> okay. Okay, I was playing... Right. It was It was, It was. was taken she... at, at the Friars Club, at the pool hall of the Friars Club. I got it. She has, a, he, she has a very creative mind, so she's like, I don't know how... Did you think of this? Yeah, because... I did. I, I, yeah, because crazy me. What do I... How about the duality of man? <laughs> this, is, this is the crap I come up with. I mean, she's genius because she picked right up on that, and you see Adam, happy Adam, playing pool mm -hmm. and then you see angry Adam looking at happy Adam and go and, and I'm like I, I can't look at that because thank you I thank get, you very much I, get I can't look at him well I get angry Adam enough I don't need it on the wall okay that's great well, you know why you get angry at Adam because you don't listen that's why <laughs> that's, yeah, that's oh I listen to know. myself okay. and not put that in a frame okay. so I have to look at it okay I blame you uh, yeah, keep doing it, Ferrara. Keep <laughs> keep that keep that mirror up. Yeah, but that's it. So I, I want to enjoy what what I'm doing. So that's my New Year's resolution: to enjoy what I'm doing. You know, because rather than be yeah. focused on the outcome, because that's when my anxiety kicks in and I get crazy. If I enjoy what I'm doing, hopefully things will work out. So that's right. why I love Ant. I love Ant because Ant loves what he's doing. I watch him on TV, the show Wheeler Dealer, when he was on that show. Uh, and he loves what he's doing. Stern, on the other hand, does stuff because of the outcome. And I think you know what I'm referring to. Are you referring to the Mr. Uh, the Apple, Apple Watch? Watch. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, the Apple Watch is, first of all, it's a great present that Gabrielle gave me for Christmas. It's mm -hmm. like they blew me away. I was like an Apple Watch. I feel like a secret agent with this thing. <laughs> You're like talking into it. It's got all kind of gizmos on it. But the thing that we have that we've we've connected ourselves with, there's an activity monitor. So it tells you every day, you know, you're, you're standing up this much, you know, you're walking this much, you're burning this many calories. And she and I are connected. You can share each other's data so she can see if I've been a lazy slug all day. Like it says, like, you know, and basically the phone is looking at you being like, really, Mark, that's all you could do. You get up once today. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You completed 0.01% of your goals, your physical goals for the day. And she can see this. So now I'm terrified that she's going to finally it's going to be revealed that I'm just a lazy piece of crap all the time. <laughs> so I've been unbelievably motivated. In fact, as you're looking at me right now, you can see I have, I have gear on. I just came back from a hike. I'm hiking. I would hike twice a day if I could just to impress Gabrielle. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, look at his activity. He's all over the place with this thing. See, I would just I would just sit there. Yes, I sat all the I was writing you a poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should do that but it's like it's this tangible meter that all of a sudden like i'm like terrified uh that i will be less than some less than what i want to be in her eyes 
Does that well, make sense? I think Gabrielle is making you a better person. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not going to judge your relationship. I'm glad you're happy. But Italians don't find surveillance sexy. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a it's your people would not enjoy this. I'm thinking. that. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. We, I, yeah. I wouldn't enjoy that either. No, we, we, we shared a calendar once, Alex and I, and we had to stop that. <laughs> yeah, because he'd come to me. You have th- there's a dog washing that happens. Yeah, listen, this is dog washing. You can't use that color. That color means I have an interview and I got to be somewhere. You can't use red. You got you got to pick another color for the dog washing. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's hilarious. Great. But I like it. As you said, uh, Alex, it's making me a better person. So whatever like the inspiration is for it. It's actually getting me out there and doing more. Not that I was a huge lazy slug before, but it is forcing me to get out there. So the end result is I think I'm going to be a better person at the end of this. If, if, if you're that. getting out there and enjoying what you're doing for the sake of doing it, that that's my question. Yeah, honey. there's two things. Go First ahead. of all, you know, you're preparing yourself for marriage with that. Really? That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Or he's preparing himself for a torn hamstring because he's not shaking this crap. <laughs> My second thing is learn how to turn that GPS sucker off. Yeah, what's the, what the hell's wrong privacy. with you? Well, it's no, if if you, you can't turn it off, you, the only way you can turn it off is you unshare it. <gasps> I know? have an idea. Go ahead. Put the watch on one of your cats. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They jump the around. Yes. They move around. No. Oh, my gosh. No. That's the answer. Mark, you, Mark, you're just wandering around your apartment. And it says here you're shitting in a box twice a day. <laughs> She'll think well, you have good I'm... fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except my cat sleeps like 17 hours out of the day. Oh, damn. <laughs> She'll be like, wow. But there, but like the other day, I didn't put it on until like, you know, two. And then you and then you look at it and you're like, wow, she's been really active today. I've, I've got to catch up. <laughs> and it makes me, well, I'm going to go for a walk after dinner. I've got it. And then because I'm a competitive person, mm-hmm. she's totally <laughs> insane. Like if her like workout goal, is it like 96 percent? I'm like, I got to get to 104 percent. Just just, to her just a little bit because I'm totally batshit crazy. I got to win. That's great. <laughs> and, That's and by gr- the way, can I point out I've beaten her one day out of six. Like it's like it's unbelievable. All right. The odds aren't great. Mark, no. I, I can't yeah. wait till Mark sends a text from the Apple Watch. I bet I can out squat you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to come to goodness. Really. Yeah, but I do love it. And I, and I do love that we're connected. Yeah, I, it just. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to go away. I um, <laughs> it's too much pressure. No. Yeah, that, that's going away. That's good. You know, it's going to say, you know, it's going to save your relationship. Smashing that's the that. Apple Watch. That's what's going to save your relationship. Yeah. I agree. I concur. Yeah. But that's the thing. See, you're doing something because you want the outcome. When I watch Ant on Wheeler Dealer, Wheeler Dealer is the show I love. It's this little car show. It came from the UK. It's here in the United States now. And uh, Mike Brewer would go around, buy a car, mm-hmm. bring it back to the mechanic who used to be this guy named Ed China. They would fix the, fix the car and then they would sell it. And it was just, you're on this journey with him. When they moved the show to the United States, Ant took over for Ed China. And that's mm-hmm. where I met him. I actually met him. He came... Him and Mike Brewer came to one of my shows uh, before I even saw the American version of the show. And the reason I love Ant on the show is he loves what he's doing. He's enjoying what he's doing. And I'm doing it with him. When I watch these car shows, I'm doing it with him. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, as he's doing something on the car, I look at it and go, right there. Right there is where I would, the wrench would slip. <laughs> and, I would yell, and I would yell and throw the friggin' wrench at the garage door. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. That, that's about three minutes in. Yeah. So that's what... <laughs> 
But, but with Ant, I stayed in it longer. I went, oh, he's on the third step where he takes the fan up. He had a BMW. And one of my favorite little cars is uh, the BMW uh, Z3M Coupe. I know you don't like it. You I think... don't. She doesn't. She, she it thinks... looks like a shoe. Like, it's called the clown shoe. That's it, the car. It's called the clown shoe. That's what it looks shoe. like to me. Yeah. Wow. And you okay. got to take the fan. The one, one of the upgrade. They have two fans. So he's taking one of the fans out. So I was looking. He took the shroud off. I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. Then you got to. <laughs> I could do that. 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 Then all of a sudden he's like, and then you got, you, you, this is a reverse thread. And I go, right there. Right there is where <laughs> I take skin off my knuckles and I throw the friggin' wrench. I throw the fan. I kick the car and I walk out. <laughs> Angry Adam. Angry yes. Adam. Yes. Right there. That's why I love watching Ann Anstead work because uh, I just, I, I stay in the doing longer with him. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like the information is the same, but the guy delivering it to you make, makes it a, a, a better experience for me. And he's a really sweet guy. And he's inspired me to try and do it, to enjoy what I'm doing longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are we kidding is what the next sentence is. Mark, put time, time him on your, on your Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? We need to connect the data. And when you see a wrench flying on your phone, see how long it was before the last time that happened. And that's how we'll judge my success. And when you see hey. me send a text of an explosion. Yeah. You know? yeah there you go. Oh, look, Adam hit his goal today. How about there that? you go. <laughs> and I get a little geeky with the car stuff. So uh, just so you know, OEM is a term. It's original equipment manufacturer. It's like Ford, uh, GM, Chrysler. Mm-hmm. So you need to know that. Oh, okay. That's what That's what OEM stands for. OEM. Yeah, I I really enjoyed catching up with my pal. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. What's better, enjoying the journey or the destination, achieving the outcome? If I have the ability to release myself from the outcome and enjoy the present moment, to be in the now, then I can actually get to my outcome even faster. Right there is where (laughs) I throw the friggin' wrench, I throw the fan, I kick the car, and I walk out. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. He has suffered for his art, and now it's your turn. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. 
I have some stand-up dates for you. I will be in Addison, Texas at the Improv, Friday, January 21st through Sunday, January 23rd, and then January 26th through the 30th, I will be at CB Live in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, there's a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. There's also a link right here in the show notes to my YouTube special called It's Scary in Here. It's doing well, and it's all because of you. So thank you guys so much. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a world-class car guy. He's a builder, designer, and artist you know from the show Wheeler Dealer. He's a former constable who received two commendations for bravery. He's a semi-pro football player, which we call soccer here in the colonies. He is part owner of Radford Motors, whose latest creation is the Lotus Type 62-2, and it's absolutely beautiful. He's a British boy with beautiful blended baggage, and I'm very grateful he has made some time for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my pal, Aunt Amstead. How are you, baby? Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm really, really good. I'm really good. All the uh, festive wishes for you, Adam. And uh, yeah, it's nice to take some time off, right? Yeah, and to you and your family. Yeah, we were just talking before we turned the mics on. We're taking some time off. You're like, no, we're not. No, we're no, not. no, no, no time off. We're, we're working. But and I was I had so much fun. It really wasn't work because I, I'm always happy every time I see you. And every time I see you, it's at a car event. It was at the Lotus launch which was absolutely beautiful. And I love oh, the speech yes. you gave. Uh, and then the last time I saw you was in SEMA. Um, and so I'm glad uh, even now we're, we're talking cars now. Uh, but it didn't start out that way. You were a police officer. I was. Uh, uh, two commendations for bravery and in doing some research on you. You hung out with the serial killer, John Duffy, and you were stabbed. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I look back at that police career uh, and it almost feels like a whole chunk of my life that never actually happened. Mm. It was it was first of all so long ago. But um, yeah, I uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that question there. And yes, I did <laughs> hang out with a serial killer. Uh, yes, I did get stabbed. Yes, I have two commendations for, for bravery, which I think on reflection is probably stupidity. Um, and yeah, I'm incredibly proud of my police career. It's interesting, isn't it? Because as we get older and mature and we mm. realize, you know, life takes you on these strange paths and, you know, good things happen, bad things happen. Mm. But ultimately, you're armed, your toolkit, your life's toolkit grows, you know, every every day. And that that police period definitely shaped what I do now. Yeah. I never realized it at the time, but I realize now more than ever that it was such an important, such an influential period of my life. Yeah, you can't, I, and I think, and we, we use this phrase and uh, uh, we, we use this philosophical statement on the show a lot. You, you, you live life by moving forward and you learn by looking back. I think it was Kierkegaard said that. So That's good. But even looking back and even knowing you, um, as I do, is like, you're a, you're, a, you're a pretty open spiritual dude, which is not really traits associated to, an engineer, like an engineer to me, you know, you're an engineer, you know, it's like, it's more like facts. This thing either works or it doesn't. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I love uh, a lot of people don't realize like I, I'm a closet musicals fan. I love mm. musicals. I've been to Les Mis, I think nine times now. And there's a, there's the musical, if you've seen it called the book of Mormon, Yeah, uh, which is funny. And there's a song in there about 
basically put it in a box, take this stuff and box it away because guys aren't allowed to deal with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, as an engineer, you're right. It's, you know, on paper, it makes sense. You can compartmentalize stuff. You can kind of make stuff make sense. Um, And it kind of goes against my engineering facts. And, you know, treading that balance is is always fun because, Mm. you know, I am an engineer, but at the same time, I think being a dad, being a guy, being a Christian trumps Mm. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It comes. It's like uh, I, I, I was reading the, uh, the Isaacson book on Einstein and Einstein, you know, one of his famous quotes was, uh, uh, of course, I believe in God. I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I went to a um, I went to a church. I've, I've been in America for five years and it was in the first year I moved to Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually went to this church service with Mike Brewer, weirdly, right. who's, who's back here. Actually, we're meeting tonight. Um, and uh, Mike's not Christian at all, mm. very science-based, and I'm very Christian. We went to this service, and the speaker at the service for that day was a scientist who married a Christian. Right. And his speech was, I set out to put science behind faith mm. and arrived at faith. Right. So there is a scientific backup you know, for Christianity, and, and the speech was interesting. And to listen to Mike Brewer go, actually, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, Mike Brewer, for those for, for those of you guys, listen, Mike Brewer was the host uh, of and still is of Wheeler Dealer, which is one of the great car shows. Uh, the first mechanic on the show was Ed China. Uh, and I met you. Um, you guys, you and Mike actually came to one of my shows uh, when when Wheeler Dealer came over because you took over for Ed. Yeah. And uh, and I, I'm like and I, I gravitate to you immediately. First of all, you, you got a big smile and you can't see it because it's audio, but you're you're a handsome bloke. I'll deny oh, you said it, but look well, at you. Look at you. I know, big, right? handsome, talented. <laughs> Fuck you. You're really starting to annoy me, Amstead. Um, so, but, but what, when, when taking over for Ed, I know what that's like because when we did Top Gear, we're stepping into someone else's, someone else's idea of what things should be. Yeah, it's difficult, particularly, um, you know, uh, there's, there's a synergy, isn't there? Because, yeah. you know, stepping into Top Gear right. uh, is, you know, you'll always be measured against Clarkson and Hammond May. There's no way you yeah. can avoid that. You always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I, I replaced Ed after, I think if I do my math right, I think it was about 12 or 13 years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the show's now been running for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have an institution like Top Gear or like Wheeler Dealers that are in the, you know, the, the psyche of the car viewer for so long, you know, people have genuinely grown up watching both those brands. When you, when you have somebody that's so ingrained in that, product change isn't a good thing people right. think they fear change sure. and um you know that first year when i took over from ed was was brutal you know because we we also live in an age where social media gives people the power to have a voice so uh, and be assured i was told how bad it's going to be and <laughs> how awful it is now ed's yeah. left and what a disaster it is and how dare i replace ed and how dare i move to america you know it was brutal um for probably nine months. It took nine months for us to actually, you know, record a show and make a show and get it out there. But once mm. it was out within two or three episodes, people started to soften. They were like, Oh, actually it's still wheeler dealers. Mm. Yes. It's a different host, but ultimately the heart's the same. And I, I don't know how, did you experience the same thing? Oh, hell yeah. Before they had anything to look at, they shit all over us. Cause all they had was the idea that, that we were replacing these guys. So, yeah. so we got it the whole lead up after we were announced, we got hammered. And then it took a while for 
I jumped the caddy in the second episode and they went, all right, maybe, maybe this is fun. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is tough because there, you know, there are iconic brands on TV and, you know, Top Gear is an iconic car brand. Sure. Wheeler Dealers is an mm-hmm. iconic car brand. Um, I, I don't know if you know my uh, Top Gear story when uh, Clarkson, Hammond and Le- uh, May left, I'd just done a show. It was a BBC show with James May. So James and I were the hosts of the show. Mm. Um, it was live as well. It was really good fun. And um, I, uh, I got called in by the BBC and I went and auditioned for the Top Gear role uh, when Chris Evans had taken over. Right. And uh, I, I filmed at Dunsfold at the Top Gear test track. They gave me this brand new AMG C63 Mercedes estate. Mm-hmm. And we had three or four in-car cameras rigged and uh, two or three guys on sticks around the track. And I'm, you know, cocky as hell, one-handed, drifting this thing. And I lost control and I hit <laughs> the only tire wall on the Top Gear test track. <laughs> the car had 60 miles on the clock. It was that brand new. Right. And I smashed this brand new Mercedes to pieces, bananaed the whole car, <laughs> got out, walked up to the guy on the sticks and was like, yeah, whoops. And uh, I didn't get the job. Right. They gave it to they gave it to Matt LeBlanc, right. and I and I um about a year later somebody leaked the story and the the Sun newspaper ran the story about me smashing up and ruining my chances of being on Top Gear, and then I took the Wheeler Dealer job. So, <laughs> setbacks, setbacks change your direction. So okay, so now the- now to look at the philosophical, was it a setback or was it an uh, occurrence? No, do you know what? It's really funny because I, you know, I, I, I imagine you're going to be the same thing. Firstly, in every setback in your life, somebody said this to me years ago and it stuck with me. There's always a gift and mm-hmm. there's always a lesson. Right. You know, what is, what, and, you know, your job as a mature human being is to understand what's the gift and then understand what the lesson is. So right. if I look back at all the times, you know, leaving the police at the time was brutal. Mm-hmm. And I was injured. I didn't know what to do. I very, very nearly rejoined and rejoined and thank goodness I didn't. But now I look back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. And, um, you know, I've had some really, you know, public setbacks in the last couple of years. But, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you realize, wow, there's some real gifts in it. There's some real lessons in it. And actually, you kind of, you muddle your way on this course of life. And, you know, you get a few nudges here and there. And as as somebody that's, you know, publicly Christian and, you know, I lead a life of faith, it's interesting because... The way I liken it, it's like you're on a path and then you get a little sort of slap around the ear. Don't do that. Mm. And that's if you ignore it, it becomes a big slap around the face. And if you ignore it, it becomes an elbow. And if you ignore it again, bang, you get wiped off your path. Um, And then you realize looking back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, life's going to get your attention, whether it's going to do it with a, with a, with a nudge or a kick, it's going to get your attention. Well, but it's also, and you also have to put in the work. I mean, so you're, you're a police officer. You spent a couple of days with a serial killer. You took a knife. Okay, these, 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 these are rough days. But then when you leave, you started doing the work because you've always loved cars. It's something that was in your speech that I loved and something that I know just from knowing you. And your first garage was a cow shed that you bargained with the farmer to let you start making cars. Oh, in. Yeah, so I'd left the police. I was broke. And I can't mm. tell you, Adam, I was so broke. Yeah. I didn't pay my mortgage for six months. I was really broken. I come from a pretty sort of poor family. So I could, I mm. didn't have family to lean into, Right. but I always knew I loved, um, I loved building cars. I was building cars before I was in the police. I was building cars whilst I was in the police. 
Um, but I knew, you know, I started to do some restorations, you know, on friends' driveways and stuff like that, and, you know, trying to make a bit of cash. And then I knew I needed to get a dedicated space. And there was a, a local newspaper called The Mercury, which mm-hmm. only was distributed to like the, the five villages where I lived. Right. And in The Mercury one day, there was a, an advertiser, a farmer. It was called Marshall's Farm. The farmer's name was Tom Paintman. Mm-hmm. And he had advertised a shed for rent and it was really affordable. So I went up to Marshall's farm, met Tom Paintman, and he showed me this little wooden shed. And it was nothing more than a wooden shed. I could just about get a car and a half in there. Mm-hmm. But it was opposite this big brick, you know, old dairy farm that obviously been there a few hundred years. And I walked over and there was this barn with a cow. It had a bull in the barn with a like a metal gate, you know, knee high in cow shit. Mm-hmm. And I was looking in it going, yeah, actually, you know, this, yeah, I need something kind of this size. Look, I mm-hmm. could probably get six or seven cars in here. And it's a double height. So eventually I want to get a, a car ramp. Mm-hmm. And the farmer like was like, yeah, uh, well, you know, I've got a lot of buildings on the farm. And I said, well, have you got somewhere you could put the cow? Because mm-hmm. if you move the cow, I could renovate this. In fact, if I renovate this, would you give it to me rent free for a year? Mm-hmm. And the farmer looked at me like, what? crazy and he's like okay and i did i got i mean i I had pictures of my kids at the time they were really young we shoveled out the poo we painted the walls white i made some doors for the front i bricked in the back Uh and i did three and a half years there i went on ebay and bought like old office lighting right like strip lights and zip tied them into the freaking roof (laughs) and uh, it was i had no toilet no running water no heating and Christmases and winters at, uh, in England could be quite brutal. So I remember sure. over the winter, put a balaclava on, five or six layers. And I, yeah, I did three and a half years on my own at the cow shed. I employed my first member of staff at the cow shed. So they joined at the cow shed for a couple oh. of weeks. And then I took a really big leap and I actually rented a proper workshop. Because by oh. then I'd built and restored you know, many cars. I'd got the confidence and I built up the customer base and no, I, I I built a proper business from the cow shed. It was really cool looking back. They were good times. Yeah. Now, was this before when you hired somebody? Was this before or after when you were, you were riding around in like the king of Denmark's car? Oh, yeah. Actually, it was the time. Yeah, yeah. it was really weird. So my first um, – oh, God, that's a great story. How did you know about that? <laughs> I think Magnus might have told me. Or somebody, yeah, somebody told me. Ask him about the king of Denmark. Oh, yeah. So I um, – <laughs> so weird. I, uh, I, I got a reputation for building replicas. So I was doing a, a replica of a, a DBR1, the, the 1959 Le Mans winning uh, Aston Martin, only time Aston ever won Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Salvadori and Shelby were the drivers. Yeah. So um, a guy Shelby drove Jared, for Aston? I didn't know that. He won Le Mans for Aston this, in 59. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you, in fact, if you've seen Ford v Ferrari... Yeah, the op- the opening scene in the green uh, that is Shelby in the Aston Martin. Um, so this guy called Jurgen Hansen contacted me about this Aston DBR1 replica, and um, I knew nothing about this Jurgen guy, but other than oh my god, I've got a customer that's willing to pay me a really good fee to build him a, a, a replica car. So I started mm-hmm. building this car, and it got you know got to the point where you know, a few months later, it was ready to be delivered. And he says, oh, could you deliver it to my, ho- my home in Denmark? So I had a friend of mine at the time called Ben Beach, who was working for me, you know, three or four days a week. And I said, Ben, this Jürgen character is going to pay for us to drive the car to Denmark. Um, are, you ga- are you down for it? So we're like, yeah. So these, you know, me and Ben jumped in this convertible, no, no roof, two-seater Le Mans car, drove it to uh, Harwich, 
on the east of England. And we got mm. the ferry over, which is a kind of a 24-hour ferry ride to the Hook of Holland. Um, and it was the booziest ferry ride ever. We were like the only, oh my God, we were the only two. There, we, there was a bar on the ferry and there was a guy playing his guitar uh-huh. in the bar. And we went up to the barman and said, oh, we'll have a cocktail. And we worked our way down this cocktail list. <laughs> we started to heckle the guy playing the guitar. And, I, and he's like, listen, guys, you know, tell me, what do you, what do you want me to play? And I, and I thought I was being cocky. I'm a big fan of Matchbox 20. So uh-huh. I was like, bet you don't know any Matchbox 20. And he played literally in the order of the album every Matchbox 20 song. And it was it was the barman drunk, Ben and me drunk, and the guitar player drunk all night to the Hooker Holland. <laughs> so we arrived in Denmark, just delivered the car to Jürgen's sort of mini collection. He's got a big, big collection. Right. And uh, we, you know, stayed the night. And then the next morning he says, look, you have to go to Tivoli, which Tivoli? is the kind of Tivoli, which is the kind of Denmark Christmas. It's okay. this kind of mock Christmas village. Okay. He says, I'm going to arrange a car for you. You're going to drive to Tivoli and he says, take this long bridge. I can't remember the name of the bridge, but it's freaking miles. And he says, when you come to the barriers, go in the left-hand lane. So I come out the next morning and there's this Saho. But it looked different. Right. And I know my cars and I'm thinking, I said, Jürgen, is that a bulletproof Saab? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's an armoured Saab. He says, really important, left lane when you get to the, the, the bridge with the kiosk. <laughs> so... <laughs> Ben and I are driving to Tivoli and the traffic for the kiosk on this bridge was huge. But mm. so we went in the left lane where there's nobody. Right. We're driving thinking this is not making sense. We got to the guards, the barriers open and they lined up outside and saluted <laughs> as we drove through because it was the King of Denmark's song. How the hell did he get it? He actually, collect, he, he owns every Royal car since the car. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, it turns out that Jürgen Hansen, and there's going to be a few people out there that know Hansen Cement right. in the UK. If there's Hansen lorries driving all over the place. I, and I, I, I only ever worked it out about six months later, and I was like, Jürgen, what do you do to yeah. have a thousand cars in a private museum and your own racetrack? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I'm a big cement family, and you know, he is... He's big. Yeah, if you Google yeah. Hansen cement, that Jürgen Hansen. Yeah, my yeah. uncle uses a lot of cement too, but he's not as prestigious. Oh, right. It's, yeah, New York cement's different. They're boot-shaped cement. <laughs> the, one of the cars you built looks like a DB5, but it looks like from the 30s. It looks like a big Bugatti back on it, you know, with the with the skirt you put on it. Um, Which car? God, I built so many cars. Yeah, no, this was, this, was, this was the gray Aston, one of your first ones you built. Oh no, that's a DB4. Uh-huh. So that's um yeah. So uh, Aston Martin um, at the time they'd launched the DB4, they then turned it into the DB4 GT, a lightweight version of the two-door saloon car. Mm-hmm. And this was at a period where coach building was really important. And bear in mind, Ferrari were doing loads with the 250 short wheelbase. You know, mm-hmm. so Aston had this amazing GT platform. So they sent a load of the platforms to uh, Zagato, the uh, the coach yeah. builder in Italy. And they only ended up building 19 DB4 GT Zagatos. Probably the best looking GT car of all time. You know, people are going to say it's the 250. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's the Aston DB4. Um, so only 19 were made because they were really expensive. Um, they were more expensive than, you know, 10 times more expensive than buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course now, you know, knowing what we know about the car world, they're worth millions. So um, I was really inspired by that car so after doing a um a Le Mans a 50 
uh, Nine Le Mans winner, which was mm -hmm. actually designed in 54 by Ted Cuttings. Um, after doing a Le Mans winner, it had no roof and just two seats. So I had customers saying, God, if you made a replica that had a roof, we'd mm -hmm. be really keen. So um, I leaned into that car straight away. And I ended up building a lot of replica DB4 GT Cigartos. Mm -hmm. There was a big marketplace for them. Um, and there still is. Uh, but yes. I, you know, I stopped, I stopped building replicas oh, seven or eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're beautiful cars. And when you said coach builders, that's something here uh, in the States that, you know, we go buy a car, you know, but years ago you would just buy a chassis and you would, yeah. take the, you would take the chassis to a coach builder. And that's what a coach builder was. He would make the rest of your car. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize if you walked into Rolls Royce in the mm -hmm. 1930s, they didn't build a car. They couldn't. Yeah. What Rolls-Royce did is they sold a chassis with an engine as a drivetrain, mm -hmm. and then they pointed you to one of their favorite coach builders, whether it was Park Ward or Mulliner or Hooper. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the reason, really, why all those early Rolls-Royces look different. There was no yeah. continuity because people chose to, you know, people made it, you know, I've got six kids, I want an extra door. I, you know, I've got no kids, I want a sports car. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's fascinating. And as the world's changed, it's interesting because, you know, partly why Radford's come back in, you know, in, in, in my opinion, is that we've kind of come full circle. A hundred and bit years later, coach building's back yeah. because clients' needs have changed. And actually, if you look at the market leaning towards electric, I believe there's going to be way more coach builders in the next 10 years than there ever has been in the history of cars. And that's a big statement. But I believe that while... You know, governments are forcing legislation to make sure that OEMs build electric cars. They're actually making it easier for small manufacturers to build electric cars. And nobody's really locked the whole thing brilliantly yet. So you've seen a load of these aftermarket salespeople going, well, I can provide electric power, or I provide electric batteries, or I provide electric platform. And ultimately, you know, even OEMs are going to have to lean into shared platforms. They're going to have to, in which case, some OEMs are going to become coach builders. They're yeah. going to start branding their car on top of alternative platforms, which is it, weird, isn't it? Because they were well, doing it hundred years ago. It's easy, though, because it's just a skateboard. You buy the skateboard, mm. and then you can put whatever you want on top of it, and that yeah. opens up the whole thing. I mean, even Lucid right now, the Lucid car, they started building components. And then in 2016, they said, wait a minute, let's just build a freaking car. Exactly. And I mean, you think about as well as, you know, a lot of OEMs, it's interesting when you start to look at the, uh, the infrastructure of an OEM, and I use VW as a really good example, because a lot of people don't realize that VW Group has Bugatti, mm -hmm. Lamborghini, yep. Bentley, Audi, Audi, VW. So when you consider VW have got this really vast engineering experience across multiple brands, but the customer experience is different. So the customer for a Lamborghini is very different to a customer for a VW Golf and different again for a customer of the Bentley, but the manufacturing is actually, the principles are the same. So VW get this huge economy of scale. So if VW had a electric platform and they were thinking as a coach builder, the body that they put on from Lamborghini will be very different to the body they put on from Audi. Mm. But of course the principles are similar. So VW are ultimately going to have to become coach builders. Yeah. They just reflash the hard drive and it doesn't go as fast. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just add a zero on the end and people buy it. Yeah. I, I remember when they bought Lamborghini, everyone was like, it's an outrage. I go, no, these will work now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. They might not leak. Yeah. But coach, see, Radford, now Radford is your company. Um, 
that you have with uh, Jensen Button, F1 champion, and a design. I forgot the designer's name. Please excuse His me. His name's Mark Stubbs, and then a lawyer called uh, Roger Bailey. Mm-hmm. Now, Radford, uh, a lot of us here in the States don't know, right? The only reason I'll be honest with you, Ant, the only reason I know Radford is the Beatles brought, uh, bought MGs, yeah. the, the minis. They bought, I'm not MGs. They, they bought the minis with the Rolls Royce interiors. And yeah, yeah. I read in some magazine where Ringo had them custom make a hatchback so he can get his drums in it. He was actually using the thing. Yeah. Radford actually patented the hatchback. So Radford, yeah, Ringo. So the, 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 the manager of the Beatles at the time, and I can't remember his name. Um, Brian Epstein. I, yeah. I think it probably was, but we, he um, he made each Beetle, uh, he bought each Beetle a Radford Mini, and uh, Ringo's was modified to fit his drum kit in the back. Um, McCartney's had um, Astamine lights fitted, and you mm-hmm. look at these, you look at the details in this car, and it was really cool. Jensen and I went back to the Goodwood Revival in September in the UK, mm-hmm. and we borrowed Ringo's and McCartney's uh, Radford Minis because they're owned, get this, mm. they're owned by Ginger Spice. Really? Yeah, Jerry Halliwell mm-hmm. owns both those cars because uh, her husband is Christian Horner, the boss of Red Bull F1 team, uh-huh. great friends with Jensen. And Jensen was in the pit. You know, Jensen still hosts Formula One for Sky, so he was wandering in the pits at some race you know, a few months back, and uh, Christian Horner runs up to him and says, Jensen, you've, you've acquired and you're relaunching Radford. I own two Radfords. I bought Jerry Ringo's Radford for her birthday. And he's like, if you ever need to borrow them, but Jensen pulled the favor in and we took those two cars and put them on the Radford stand with a Aston Martin DB5 shooting brake because uh-huh. Radford modified a load of Astons, uh, which again is a really amazing story because David Brown, and if you know those listening don't know, uh, David Brown was the owner of Aston Martin and the reason why they're all called DB something, it's David mm-hmm. Brown. He um, was a tractor manufacturer like Lamborghini and Porsche were. Uh, but he uh, he liked to go shooting with his gun dogs. And the, the rumor has it that he storms into an Aston Martin board meeting one day, throws his shotguns on the table and says, we need to build a car that I can take hunting. And Aston couldn't because mm-hmm. they just didn't want to do it. They wanted right. to build fancy sports cars. So they they, com- they commissioned Radford. And Radford made a, a, a handful of shooting brake DB4s and DB5s. Which are, you know, for me, it's you know, looking at the car in the flesh at, at, at Goodwood. If James Bond was to have children, which, mm. by the way, he probably does, um, <laughs> he um, he would he would drive a Radford shooting brake DB5, would he not? Yes, he would, <laughs> and it'd be beautiful. So, Bo, it, oh, great car. So now, you, this is your company, you three guys, and you got yeah. permission to make the Lotus Type 62 race car. We, Tell me we how that driving. happened. Well, first of all, we uh, we uh, we acquired the Radford brand. This was many many years ago, and we spent um, you know a few years was spent uh, you know securing it, registering trademarks, dealing with intellectual property. You know the nonsense bit nobody really wants to talk about, but the lawyers do. Mm-hmm. And, one, and once we were comfortable, um, I was doing a a project uh, called Master Mechanic on Discovery Channel. Uh, yeah, it's the on Alpha. as well. Yeah, the Alpha. So over twelve weeks, I built this Alpha from scratch. And it did really well, the show. And, you know, the network started to have a conversation about, well, what does season two look like? And I was in conversations with Lotus about stuff anyway. So at that point, I secretly knew that Lotus were cancelling all petrol builds. So mm. Lotus has now gone fully electric. Right. And, that, and this was a couple of years ago. It was a secret then, but Lotus had told me, look, we're going to go fully electric. So I was saying to them, hang on a minute. Why haven't you guys, a brand that was formed in 1948, 
re-look to your heritage. Why haven't you made a continuation car when all these other OEMs have? Mm-hmm. Aston are making brand new DB5s. Jaguar are making XKSSs and C-types. You know, even Bentley are making a dozen Bentley blowers. Lotus, you need to go and make, at least go and make an Esprit. It's a mm-hmm. Bond car. Yeah. And they said, well, look, we're going to let you in on a secret. We're going to bring out this car called the Amira. We're going to cancel the, uh, you know, the Elise Savora Exige platform. And we're canceling uh, petrol. Huge investment from their halo company, Geely, who also own Volvo. Geely have invested in uh, uh, Lotus as an electric halo brand. So I said, look, before you cancel everything, would you let me build a collaboration? Would you let me do a Lotus with you, making use of all these years of experience and bring a heritage car to market? And unbelievably, they said yes. <laughs> so it was remarkable. So I then, um, I, I, I then found myself completely out of my depth because I needed to now go and build a Lotus on effectively season two master mechanics. So I, I bumped into Mark uh, Stubbs, who's a well-known British car designer, who lives in Laguna Beach, where I'm based. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, Mark, look, off the record, I'm doing this... Um, I'm doing this car. I'm going to build this Lotus with Lotus before they go electric. And I want to do a modern Europa uh, because their, their platform they're going to give me as a mid-engine. So we need to do a mid-engine car. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, and I loved the Europa. And the story of the Europa is really fascinating. So he, he agreed. So we started to kind of just the two of us design and build this car together. And then one afternoon in my kitchen, he'd left his laptop open. And on his laptop was the Radford branding with mm-hmm. the Mini. And I'm like, and he works for lots of other brands. And I was like, Mark, are you, are you, is Radford coming back? And he's like, no, I, I own Radford. I've spent the last decade pr- protecting it and I'm going to, I've been designing a mini. I'm going to launch a Radford mini. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so I literally said to him, wait a second, this isn't season two master mechanic. This is season one Radford. And he was like, yeah, well, I don't really see it. Um, let's carry on designing as Lotus. Right. And, um, you know, I was great friends with Jensen at the time. And, you know, anyway, and Jensen's racing career was starting to slow down with Honda. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger Bailey, who was the, my lawyer and still is, uh, was sort of piece. He'd, he'd originally pieced together the Lotus deal for Master Mechanic. And I sort of said, Roger, are you and Jensen up for this? Because actually, between the four of us, we have a designer, a builder, a driver, and then, a legal person, we we, mm-hmm. we we should relaunch Radford and Radford should build the, first, the last ever gas-powered Lotus. And um, the network are going to be well up for that because it's going to bring lots of really cool social history and, right. and, and, and uh, you know, others, we've already talked about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And uh, in literally a conversation over a few beers one evening, Radford in its current guise was created and um, we built the car. Yeah, and then you you came to the launch, and you know it, it overnight went from you know building a Europa to then building the Type sixty two Europa, which is a you know a rare car for Lotus, and mm-hmm. and pulling in you know we the original designer Martin Wade of the sixty two came in, and you know we were filming with Clive Chapman, uh, Colin Chapman's son, and we, mm-hmm. you know Lotus then really kind of collaborated with us, and we together we managed to build this supercar, and it's so cool because it turns out that. Both Lotus and Radford were founded in 1948. So mm. it's really cool synergy. Uh, Lotus in their uh, 73 years have only collaborated in this way with three other people. Ford Cortina, mm. uh, the Talbot Sunbeam, and then 
33 years ago with the Lotus Colton. So they've not done this for 33 years. So as a British boy that grew up being such a fan of Lotus, the last time they, they collaborated, put their bonnet badge on somebody else's car, uh, was, I was nine. I was nine mm-hmm. years old. So it's, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird sitting here knowing that um, we, you know, this little group of people had this really cool, ambitious dream to launch a brand and build a supercar. And that supercar is really important. It's the last gas-powered Lotus ever. Mm. It's the first Radford in many years. And I know what's coming next. So right. it's, you know, it's, an important, it's an important thing for us. And you know, it's an important thing for, for car people. You know, it's, um, it's so cool that we get to wave the flag on TV and talk about coach building and talk about history and how important particularly the UK is in the coach building history. And, mm-hmm. you, know, Jen, you know, seeing Jensen, you know, I'm such a huge Jensen fan. He's such a brilliant guy and he's so talented. When you watch him drive a car at what you and I would consider breakneck speeds, but yeah. talking, talking like he's, yeah, it's Tanner. Tanner's texting. I mean, he's just, he's, he's like, I, know. I got, um, when, when I started driving, uh, on, on top gear, Tanner was like, we, we, Tanner's the one that has to drive home because rut drives too slow. And I get us lost even with the GP. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just us. So I mean, when you see these guys that can do this stuff in cars, oh. he he's in a Viper it's facing this way. He goes, he blips the gas. Now it's facing 180 degrees. And I, and I didn't see how he did it. So it's just like, yeah, yeah the, uh, the amazing remarkable. It's, it's just those guys have that, that different level. That, now, Tanner's different because he can't read. That's all he can do is drive. The car. Yeah, and, and he's very short. <laughs> I've, been, um, I've been hanging out with Tanner a lot, actually. As uh, Those of you that follow me on social media will yeah, know yeah. that I, I've been doing a bit of flying. Flying, yeah. Which, by the way, how nerdy is Tanner with his flying? I know, yeah. I know, I love it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just, he's a pure geek. He doesn't want to talk about anything. He's, he's up, as soon as he sets his mind to it, that's what, uh, what, and we're sitting around waiting for cameras to be moved around and he got into the way birds breathe through their heads and I had to sit through that for three hours. <laughs> oh man, I love that guy. He's such a dude. We're around, yeah. Tanner and I are doing a, a secret project in 2022 together. Uh-huh. Which is, yeah, it's really cool. All right. Well, we, I know you're not allowed to talk about it yet. Well, I, Probably shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever. I'm forever putting my foot in my mouth. So whatever. Yeah. Well, um, tell me about the timing um, because the timing of this was you're, you're doing wheel of dealer, right? And the timing of, they said, well, what do you guys want to do now? Which is a great, when someone said, what would you like to do? Which means you have a blank check to do what you do. You do master mechanics. You, you do the alpha. Was it, it was a 38 race car. Wasn't it 1938? Yeah, it was, it was open uh, wheels. I remember. Yeah, it was. It was actually. It was designed in the '30s. Uh, it was a Fangio car. You know, we're, uh, Alpha were in the '30s the the globe's mm-hmm. leading racing. You know, Enzo Ferrari was head of Alpha Racing, and then he went off and set up his own company, and it did all right. Um, but it was uh, Formula One was actually founded in 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, first race was at Silverstone in the UK, and uh, the car to win the first ever F1 race was the Alpha 158. In fact. They put four cars in that race and it came first, second, third. And the fourth one had an oil leak <clears> on the last lap and would have freaking yeah. come in fourth. So, and it's interesting that, that every single F1 race and Alpha 158 entered it one. So it's actually historically the most successful F1 car of all time. Mm-hmm. And of course we know F1 now has become this global phenomenon. And by the way, I love, 
how much America has taken F1 to their hearts. Now, yeah. I went to the Austin Grand Prix three years, or two or three years ago, maybe two years ago, pre-COVID, and there was, I don't know, 100,000 people, and it was a cool yeah. event. But I went a couple of weeks back, 400,000 people. Yeah. And, you know, people stop me in the street now, like, oh, my God. And because, you know, Drive to Survive on Netflix has opened up a new door, and there's mm -hmm. some cool characters you know, Ricardo's outspoken and there's this rivalry between Max and Lewis. You know, Americans have worked it out. You don't have to drive around in circles to be entertaining. You can turn right a few times and then left, right, left, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when they throw and Eccleston tried to get it into Jersey and he's like, you know, I get a million dollars and Jer New Jersey went like, really? These guys drive with their thumbs, right? Well, it'd be a shame if something happened to them. I am hoping there's a, you know, there are rumors of more American F1 races to come. In fact, mm -hmm. I think next year they've added Miami. So there's right. two next year. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I've heard rumors that potentially America might be receiving a third. I hope so. So, but, but, so you're doing the show, then, then you get uh, the, the timing of, of everything that, that came your way to make not only the 62, but to make your company. I mean, you guys, yeah. I mean, I can say now you, got, you guys bought Bondurant. That's when I, I was down at when you christened Bondurant racetrack in um, in Arizona is now Radford. That's right. Yeah, you, you, it, there is something really interesting about the timing of things. It, it never really makes sense at the time. And, uh, and, you know, think about it. What are the chances of a Formula One champion, uh, well-regarded car designer and me, a car builder, three mm. Brits being even in the same part of California at the same time with the same age as well. And then what are the chances of at that point in time when the three of us happen to be here, Roger becomes available. Lotus are now willing. Radford is available. Coach building is back. Like Jensen's race career had closed. My wheeler dealers had gone and I was left with this fork in the road in my life. Uh, Mark was at the same point, and we've got we're at the the peak of this hundred year cycle in terms of heritage is now valuable again. Mm. Uh, coach building is now back. Uh, Lotus are now no longer building electric cars. Like everything culminated into this window of realistically probably only a few weeks. And I thought I thought about this a lot. Would Radford in its current guise have been viable five years ago? No. Mm. It would have actually been impossible five years ago, and it might be impossible in five years' time. But right now, the timing is absolutely... Oh, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's literally right now. And, you know, you mentioned the track. You know, the track had been running in, in, in Phoenix for many, many years under the Bondurant brand. And, you know, it was at the same time, uh, friends of mine, you know, purchased the track. And... Um, they were left with a uh, left with a choice, and they rebranded to Radford. So even the availability of the track fell within that few week window. Um, yeah, it's it's bonkers actually. It's really really bonkers. And the next Radford car is even more bonkers. Mm -hmm. As a car guy, that who we've licensed the next one with, and I can tell you after we finish this. Right, right. It, it's fucking mind blowing as a car guy, and you know, car people are going to set up and notice when they know what Radford's second car is. They've right. got to. And in our sector, people are going to go, how did you pull that off? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, it's really good. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I'm really, I'm, I'm really always looking forward to see you when I see you, my friend. You're, you, you got a great, great oh, nature. Oh, you too, and, man. 
And uh, and I'm glad all these things are happening to you. And I'm glad I'm glad I'm here to to see it and actually and actually enjoy it with you, Smile. So thank you so much, pal. No, it's great. I really I, re- I remember at the time you were you had just finished filming with Top Gear. I just moved to America, so I was fresh in on these shores. And uh, David, who you remember, one mm-hmm. of your producers, said, "Look, you got to come and and see this guy do stand up." So we traipsed down to watch you do stand up <laughs> in L.A. Yeah, it was such a fun night because. Well, let's be honest. I don't need to tell you you're funny because you're funny. <laughs> um, but we had such a fun night, and yeah. I followed you ever since. It's, it's, yeah, it's cool. I love your attitude. And then randomly, I saw you being a police officer in yeah. a series. What was yeah. that series? Was uh, it Good Wife? No, uh, no, Nurse Jackie. No, you were a yeah. freaking. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> he can act. He's funny. <laughs> Tanner tells me he's hung. <laughs> What's going on? Well, let's be oh. honest. His perspective is somewhat shortened because of his height. Yeah, well, or he's at the wrong eye level. <laughs> images, or, or he's constantly driving backwards and images appear bigger. In the <laughs> well, continued success, my friend. I enjoy following you. You're at Ant underscore Amstead on Instagram, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the That's picture the of the kids are beautiful. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, well, I'm very lucky. I do, I do take being a dad really seriously. It's one of my... It's one of the greatest joys in my life. Yeah. Well, continued success, my friend. Let's laugh again soon and best to you and the family. Lots of love, buddy. Take care, guys. Bye. Uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, how long have we been doing this? You know I wouldn't give you anything that's banned for you, and I'm going to give you a bargain. I'm giving you 20% off the anything they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com, and everything they have is 100% natural. It's 100% vegan. It's 100% kosher. Shalom. Why should you be in pain? Go. Feel better. If not now, when? Hi, my name is Ant Anstead, and that was 30 minutes that I will never get back. What a great guy. Yeah, what yeah. a really good guy. I mean, from a police officer into a famous car builder. Yeah, and all it took for him to make that turn was getting stabbed. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what was that saying that he came up with? He said, uh, with the setbacks, there's always a gift and a lesson. Yeah. And then you said something after that. You said... You just have to put in the work. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Well, he he did. He put in the work. Mm-hmm. He just he, he he found a cow shed. <laughs> that was great. Cow shed moment. Cow shed moment. Yeah, he had a cow shed moment. <laughs> he, he's like, look, I came for this garage. Listen, what's in there? There's a cow in there. Tell you what. <laughs> if you find a place to move the cow, I'll build this up. You give me a year free. And the guy's sitting. I could just picture the guy in overalls going, well, all right, I guess. Come on, Bessie. Yeah, he just Come went. On, Bessie. Yeah. <laughs> He just did that. And and did you hear him talk about those days when he's like, it was freezing in there. I had to wear Mm -hmm. like a balaclava and like six layers and, you know, everything was done on the cheap. But he also said it. You could hear it. Those were the greatest days of his life Mm -hmm. because he was on the edge doing chasing a dream for nothing other than just he loved what he was doing and he loved the path that he was on. And I, I, that's to me that when you find yourself in those circumstances, life is perfect at those points. Yeah. But you don't, and, and his kids are helping him do it. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. like this, we built this little studio in the garage, do this podcast. And these are supposed to be the days that we're going to remember killing me. All right. <laughs> I'm surrounded by the people I love, but you people are killing me. Every one of you. Um, this kind of goes into your news resolution, Adam. Yeah, I know. It's not. Just it. broke well, it. How am I, how I do on the Apple Watch? Are you taking a tally? 
Yeah, you you made it 16 minutes into the new year. 16 minutes work. into the. All right, look, it better last year. Last year, <laughs> I'm still paying oh for the gym goodness. membership I didn't use last year. So at least this year didn't cost me any money. <laughs> That's hilarious. <clears throat> um, I yeah. like to I like the fact that you brought out that story. That is, how did you find out about that? Oh, the King of Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Magnus Walker. I, I, I'm not sure. I. What a story. Yeah. Wow. Oh my. Yeah. God, that was just stay to the left. What, what's going on? Just trust me, stay to the left. <laughs> He's driving the Kings. First of all, there's a bulletproof sob out there. I didn't right. know that. Which is yeah. cool yeah. as hell. And I just picture him and his buddy looking at each other going, they're getting out of the way. Just keep going. Keep going. Right. They're saluting. Keep Salute going. back. Salute. Don't be rude. <laughs> Salute. We're making good time. Salute back. We don't have to sit in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Now that's one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. Yeah. Um you you've driven cars in a variety of circumstances. I mean, you tried to drive a car across, you know, what was it where the Niagara Falls were, wherever that was. I know. Oh yeah. Canada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you drove like it was like Ontario, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So so where does that rank for you and all the cool stuff you've done with cars? What? The, driving the king of Denmark's car where the people <laughs> Denmark think I'm the king? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need that. I, I've never done that. But you know what? Now I have a new bar. I want to drive the king's car and have the people think I'm the king. That's what I want to do. Uh, uh, okay, Mark, yeah. it's happened yeah. many times in his mind. Yes, in my mind it has. <laughs> no, but I'm not really a king. I'm Steve McQueen. I'm driving a 68 390 fastback and I'm being chased by a 68 Charger through the streets of San Francisco. The truth of the matter is I'm going down Wilshire to Whole Foods in my Lexus. But in my head, right, you're, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. But that was seriously one of the coolest things I'd ever heard. Mm. And I love, first of all, the boat, the ferry trip over. It's like it's a 24 hour ferry trip, which is aggressive. I've been on a ferry for like an hour. Right. And I'm ready to leave. I love that they just got hammered and were harassing the guitarist who then turned out to be a brilliant guitarist. Like the whole thing. And he got amazing. drunk with him. Yeah, he's like, I'll bet you don't know Matchbox 20. How about I play every song in its order, like yeah. an older album? How about that? I, like loved that? When he, I loved when he said, we went down the cocktail list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to start with the Singapore sling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just make our way around the world. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. A Harvey Wallbang. Sing that song, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good time. I mean, you know, if you're on the water, you got some time. Right. What else are you going to do? Yeah. You're going mm -hmm. you to get drunk and sing Matchbox 20. And deliver a car to the freaking king of Denmark. Piece of art that you made that someone else bought. And you're actually launching your career because he's telling all these other people. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's just that's just great. That's just really great. It's like there's a, there's a John Madden passed away. And he had yeah. a quote. Uh, that he would say, it was funny, I was reading about uh, an article, he would say this quote to his players when he was coaching the Raiders, honey. Mm -hmm. He could, don't worry that the horse is blind, just load the wagon. That's what he would say. And then <laughs> yes, he said, I have no yes. idea what it meant, but I would say it in every before every game. And the interpretation, uh, I actually saw Stephen Pressfield, one of my favorite authors, who we've had on the show as well. Mm -hmm. He wrote The yes. War of Art. His interpretation was, don't just do what you got to do. Like, just load the wagon. Don't worry if the horse is blind. It'll all work out. Just do your part. Do what you have to do. Enjoy the doing, which is what I was trying to make my New Year's resolution. I'm Right now, 
I'm not. I'm looking to go. I'm like, this friggin' horse is blind. Why am I going to load this friggin' wagon? There's no one else see that the horse can't see. Am I the only one? My problem is I do not trust my future to a blind friggin' horse. That's the problem I have. Can't do it. Adam, it's not the horse. It's you. You stand in your own way. Gracie, look at my wife. She's on the horse's side. Okay? You see what I'm up against? I'll take that. My wife would rather would, would, would rather back the blind horse than her own husband. You know why? Because I can lead that blind horse. Okay. Just for that, <laughs> I'm not drinking. I don't care. <laughs> Show me the water all you want. I ain't drinking. You leave me there. I ain't drinking a drop. But it's, yeah, it's that. It's it's also the fear of future. Where mm-hmm. the fear of these future outcomes that you have. Yeah. You know, and potentialities for all these different activities. You'll Because pl- I do this too. You'll play it out in your mind and be like, all right, well, I know where that's going, so I'm not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting things play out, mm-hmm. it's this sort of like, I don't know, this this battle with future possibilities. Yeah, it's, you know what it is? My thoughts is like a tow truck of bullshit drags me into the future. That's what it is. <laughs> well, yes, right. it's control. You, mm-hmm. You're fearful of maybe change or the future, so you want to control it. So you're already thinking in your mind what the result is instead of just letting it be and enjoying whatever comes of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, yeah, it's, it's fear and desire. It's like once you project yourself into the future, you desire that to happen, then you fear it won't, and you're in, then you're into all yeah. the storytelling. Yeah. Then all the storytelling that goes on in my head. Then you start drinking. Then I start drinking early in the morning. <laughs> right, day drinking. You yeah. know, look, I put a little tequila in the Rice Krispies. How do you start your day? Am I judging you? <laughs> Snap, crackle. Why, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and about leading that horse to water, if I lead it to vodka, you'll drink it. Yeah, well... <laughs> What do you do for, is there such a thing as a seeing eye horse? What do you get? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. What do you get a blind horse? You get out of his way is what you get. Yeah, I think a blind horse, I think, just does whatever he wants. You're mm-hmm. just like, okay, yeah, let yeah. him just go, you know? But how cool was this? He's a kid from England, and he got to reproduce a famous Lotus car through his own company. Dreams coming true. Yeah. You know? In retrospect, now, like he said, mm-hmm. he was broke. He, you know, didn't know what he was doing, and... He was back on his mortgage and all this right. kind of stuff. So when he can look back at it, it was a gift. Yeah. But during it, it was like, wow. Yeah. Right but now, it- I'm like, this friggin' blind horse. When I look back at it, <laughs> I'm going to go, thank God we had the blind horse. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. What a great horse that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, I had no idea what coach builders were. Yeah. Like that whole that whole conversation was fascinating to me. I, and I feel like an idiot for not knowing it. But is that how cars were made before? Yeah, Rolls Royce. But even, even GM cars here, if you, if you, we always had GM cars at the house. If you look down at the door sill, it would say Fisher Body. Mm-hmm. And they, they made the body. I mean, it was a part of GM, but they made the body. Is yeah. that like the, the tuning tu- arm? Yeah, the, tu- the, the in house tuners are AMG, AMG for Mercedes, the M series for um, uh, BMW, like the BMW X3 M Coupe that my <laughs> wife doesn't like. I still don't like it, Adam. Still don't like it. Mm-mm. I like it, though. CTSV, the V series of the Cadillacs. That, that's the tuning arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this, is this what cars are going to be like in the future? Where like you go into a, like a, a, a catalog online and say, "All right, I want this frame, and I, I want it. I want a design like this," and you just basically custom design it the way. I you think want once it. they once they perfect three D printing and and the batteries oh. don't blow up anymore, that's what I think right. we're going to be able to do. What, what do I know? I, I'm ba- I, my future is dependent on a blind horse. So what the hell do I? Know? <laughs> 
You know what I loved about that interview? Mm. It showed me how incredible he is about bringing special people together. I mean, he has a a unique ability, it seems, to attract very, very talented people. Mm -hmm. I mean, look what Thank you. (laughs) Yes, Adam. Yes, Adam. Um, I mean, look what he did with the Radford company. Yeah, he met the designer who who had the company, mm-hmm. and he had the uh, and, and all the ideas. Took he just place. happened to have it. Yeah, he just happened to have the company like, Radford. And yeah. he's like, "What? Yeah. We have to talk later." Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I wish I could say, you know, Radford. Well, I've known them for years. I had no idea. The only reason I knew about the company was because of the Beatles mm-hmm. and the Minis, because right. they put the Rolls Royce interiors in the Minis. Because I read about, I actually read a book about the Beatles cars. That's how geeky I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I think Peter Sellers had one too. But uh, yeah. yeah, but just to, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that it's like uh, he's like a frequency holder for for goodness. If you want to look at it that way, I mm-hmm. you mean like he vibrates goodness yeah. and he tracks goodness. Yeah, he's like a positive frequency holder. Adam, yes, take note. What <laughs> <laughs> you need to vibrate at goodness, not being angry, so you can attract goodness. Well, here's the thing, honey. I used all my positive vibrational energy when I saw you to attract you into my life, and now I'm exhausted. I have no more energy. That's it. I can't do it. You know what? I can't I can't even finish the show. That's it. We're done. All right? How much friggin' positive energy you want me? I've, I've given you Ant Anstead, okay? That's all I can do. Mark, Mark, we need to get... Adam an Apple Watch. Yeah. I need yeah. to get you an Apple Watch. Yeah. So, so you can have physical evidence of the fact that I'm not moving? Okay, <laughs> fine. That's the readout you want? You got it. <laughs> Honey, if they want to get all of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrar at Gmail. Ah, and I want to thank you guys and wish you and your families a happy and healthy new year. Uh, thank you for checking out my special on YouTube. It's called It's Scary in Here. Uh, it's doing well. It's all because of you guys. Thank you for spreading the word about the podcast. And please remember that life is hot. So you take it easy on yourself. Pod has ended. Go on, Pete. It's a picture of Adam playing pool against himself, his alter egos. <laughs> Literally one... playing pool. It's not a euphemism. I mean, it's, it was. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Potts. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.